Okay, we're rolling. Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. We will be chatting about February 8th through 14th, 2019. Valentine's Day. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're there. Andrew's eating tea biscuit. Remember, we have that policy at the Mayfair where everybody gets a valentine. It's true. Or else. Like when you were in kindergarten, you had to give 30 valentines. Oh, man. And you're like, I I don't even see this guy. Like, there's always that one kid who misses a bunch of time for some reason or another. You're like, they're never even there. I was at the dollar store, and they have both Avengers valentines with... James Brolin Thanos on them. Oh man! And I'm like, well, that's a mixed I'm gonna message. make your heart disappear. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Josh going. Brolin. Josh Brolin. Oh what yeah, that's right. Say? I said James Brolin. Oh, that no, that would be good. That's Thanos Senior. Yeah, I would have bought that. I mean, he could play uh, uh, Galactus, maybe. But it's a weird. It's like, hey, here's this villain who killed half of the universe. Happy Valentine. Yeah, like I wiped out all the other suitors, so I'm your Valentine, or else, or something. Like I don't even know where you sacrifice would... my daughter. <laughs> yeah, like, Happy not... Valentine. I don't even know how you could. I'm actually interested now. They also had Snyder style Justice League Valentines. Okay. With like big fat grumpy looking Ben Affleck costume Batman. Oh right. And vintage uh, now, I guess. Yeah, collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> Must be. But then also Star Wars, they have you know Kylo Ren. I killed my dad. Happy Valentine. And, and he doesn't really have like a love interest. I guess no. Ray was supposed to sort of kind of be, but not really. But then you're also sort of like they're kind of like brother and sisterly. Yeah, like all Star Wars Valentine should be, you know, Han and Leia, and you like, know, Porgs are cute. I don't know, Ewoks. Luke, Luke and R two. <laughs> no way. Just the shot of Luke kissing his sister. Just that. Happy That's Valentine. true. That did happen. Like, we do them in different time periods. That wasn't weird at the time. No, it was fine at the time. I love the amount of timelines we can jump through now. Especially with, like, a Halloween-style thing. Which uh, which is funny. We've talked about in the past. Apparently, they announced they're making a Halloween 2, which is going to be called Halloween 2. Which So, it'll be the third movie called Halloween 2. That's confusing. And it's a sequel to Halloween, which was the third movie called Halloween. They can't do that. <laughs> which so Halloween 2. There's bigger things to be angry at Hollywood for, <laughs> but their sequel policy. I just saw the poster for the new Shaft movie. Yep, and the trailer's out too. Which is called Shaft, which is the third movie in canon called Shaft, because in Sam Jackson's Shaft, it was in canon with original Shaft. Did that have a tagline on it? I don't know. Because we've talked about that in the past, but I can't remember if that one did, or like Shaft, you know, a bad mother or something. Right, right, right. I'm pretty sure it was just Shaft, so it means now, and that was quite a while ago, but now we have one from the 70s, one from the early 2000s yeah. and one from now apparently that one was decent actually the, yeah, yeah it was fine it was, yeah, it's Sam Jackson being Shaft yeah, but so I don't know why they didn't call it Shaft Jr or, or Senior or yeah I guess it is is he the son of the original Shaft in it he was like the nephew or something wasn't he yeah he was the actual Shaft's nephew they went okay. to, and the they new went... one is Shaft's nephew's son <laughs> and the original Shaft so Sam Jackson Jr is the new Shaft in the new yeah. one yes 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 I yes. mean not really Sam Jackson Jr yeah there's, there's another actor playing right. Shaft the third Oof. So he's been, so that's interesting though because so now Sam Jackson that guy is going to be doing what Sam Jackson was doing in that past remake yeah basically but they're all called Shaft and is Richard Roundtree he's still alive yeah he's he? in it he's on the poster yeah okay I, think I was going to say like he's got to be he's like ninety God he can still kick our ass yeah collective ass I was going to say does he fight people like or does he only fight like the grandfathers of the people that <laughs> Sam Jackson fights. 
He probably just leans back and is cool, you know? Oh, man, this is so confusing. It would be great if it was uh, Sam Jackson's actual son playing chef, like Denzel Washington's son. Oh, yeah. Kind of, I, I don't know that he has a son, but I mean. And now we have the new Ghostbusters, which is leapfrogging the Paul Feig Ghostbusters, which was unofficially called Answer the Call. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you guys have to call this one Ghostbusters The Next Generation. Yeah. Because it is Ghostbusters... Like, not three per se, but it's Reitman Jr. has said it's in canon. And it's and it's Reitman, so yeah. you're assuming... Like, even if they didn't say that, people would be so like, yep, it's the official number three. So complicated. Three. I would like them to make another Paul Feig one now, just to make people confused. And just don't call it Ghostbusters. Like, call it something slightly different. I got advanced passes to go see Lego Movie 2 last night, which oh, was really good. I didn't even know it wasn't out yet. It comes out on this weekend, I guess. I would have told you it came out like last year. I, I don't keep yeah. up with those movies. So I'm like, I guess, really I'm thinking of Lego like, oh, Batman, I guess. But in the lobby, speaking of confusing titles, <laughs> two posters side by side. On the left, Captain Marvel. On the right, Shazam. Okay. Up until recently... Here we go. Captain Marvel, DC comic style, is what we now call Shazam. Mm. But his name is Captain Marvel. And... He came out decades before the Marvel Captain Marvel. Right. It's dumb complicated, but it's like you have Marvel Comics, but then this other character that DC has called Captain Marvel. So they had some kind of agreement where they were, we could both be Captain Marvels, but DC promises to only put stuff like The Power of Shazam as the title of the book. But he's still called Captain Marvel. But he can be called Captain Marvel inside. Okay. In the movie. In the movie, he's not. About 10 years ago when DC did their big reboot, just kind of threw in the towel and went yeah. ah this is confusing and we don't want to be using the word Marvel because that's yeah, just dumb true. but just the fact that we have two posters of two movies coming out at the same time Man. with two different Captain Marvels and I wish they would have just stuck to their guns and been jerks about it and said no we're Captain Marvel as well so normal humans would have walked by and been like wait what? yeah and <laughs> like, it's just like C-A-P-T dot Marvel like it's short yeah. for it's like that's how ours is different it's, it's not the same thing and that they're coming out I think within a month of each other. Yeah. It's crazy. And and like Shazam is more a little more comedic based. Yeah, it's, it's more I mean, the character itself is about a ten year old who when he says Shazam becomes Captain Marvel. He says Captain Marvel. He says he Captain Marvel. Yeah. I don't know what they do for that <laughs> now, actually. I guess he That's says Shazam. Weird. I don't know. It's weird. And Captain Marvel originally from Marvel was a man, right? Like back yes. in the day. Okay. Yes, and I think that character is still in it's like a generational thing where uh, there have been okay. different Marvels. Kind of, you know. Oof, it's, good lord. Yeah. Like, like Green Lantern, sort of. Uh, kind of, yeah, I think. kind of different. Like Space know. Cops. Yeah, yeah and, uh, that's a whole other thing. Maybe you'll get a good Green Lantern movie someday. Maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I never did see Green Lantern, but I'm told it was not. It's not good. So good. Oh, it's not good. Green Hornet, Green Lantern. We just can't get the greens right. It was weird. It was a really good director. It was by the director of... Golden Eye, okay, and the more casino recent Casino Royale. Royale. Casino Royale, nice as well. So then there's that, and, and Ryan Reynolds, right? Like, yeah, he, he can be good. He luckily got a he can s- be good second shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got, you know, yeah, that turned out well eventually. It's crazy because you, I don't know. There still is kind of, but you know, there used to be movie jail, and with Ryan Reynolds, it seemed like amazing that he got a leading role in Deadpool after Green Lantern because you mm-hmm. think they would have been like. No, that didn't work. Well, and he's had a few, like, I don't want to say bombs, but, like, a few underperforming things. Even, yeah. Even, like, because I think he had several, like, romantic comedies that were kind of middling profit-wise. And he was stuck in that kind of hell for a while, too, where he, he couldn't get cast in non-romantic comedy you know, kind of BS stuff. That's pretty amazing that he was able to make that jump. 
I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about what Burt Reynolds passed on in his career. Oh, that's always a lot. <laughs> and it's not fair because, you know, you don't know. You mm-hmm. pass on a movie here and there and whatever. But, man, he passed on some so it stuff. Was, was Han Solo one of them? Yeah. Yeah. And then it was... Pretty Woman and... That would be kind of uh, weird. To, I, I could picture it. And then after doing... James Bond, I think. It's, yeah. It's good that they went with Julie Roberts, though. I yeah. Think that made <laughs> the movie better, but honestly... But then, <laughs> man. After doing Boogie Nights, he passed on Magnolia. Oof. Like, just these crazy yeah. things. Because well, he he, apparently he didn't get along with Paul Thomas Anderson. Was and it he, as, as the Tom Hanks role? Uh, or Tom Hanks isn't in... Or, sorry, not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. No, no, I, I, I assume he would have been Tom Cruise's dad. You know? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I was, like, trying to picture who he would play. See, now and Tom it, it, Hanks would have been great. And then the stuff he did where it was, like, he's like, no, I got to do another movie with Dom DeLuise where we slap <sighs> each other a lot. <laughs> like, See, now that I might watch. I need more, more I that. even forget a couple, but it, it's it's a string of movies that, and, of course, he had Smokey the Bandit, but you look at the other ones, you're like, why did you pass on all those movies? Yeah, e- even ones that, you know, are in retrospect. I mean, there's certain ones where you'd think, had he read the script, you'd be like, that's that's pretty good, that's unique. Or, yeah. You know, but, uh, who, I mean, he's, he's done better than I have, so... Who I, I like that, whatever, 25 years ago, it was when... And you could see actors who go through these waves where Harrison Ford didn't want to be an action hero anymore, so he started doing movies like Sabrina and stuff like yeah, that. Regarding Henry. And then now in his senior years, he's like, I'm back. <laughs> Which is but actually kind of amazing. Spielberg wanted him to play Sam Neill's part in Jurassic Park. All right. And Harrison yeah. Ford was like, I don't want to do another big movie. And I look back at that, and Sam Neill's cool, but I'm like, wow, that seems like a bad decision. It's That's an interesting one, though, too, because like now that we've lived with that Sam Neill role for a while, yeah. like, I couldn't picture anyone, you know, for, I always think of the scene with the electric fence where he, like, pretends to get it, and then he gives him that look, and it's so perfect. Yeah, because like, yeah, Sam Neill is a bit less, or a lot less action hero iconic. Yeah, and, and he wasn't, not to say Harrison Ford would have been distracting at that time, but I mean, it would be a lot more like, oh, there's Harrison Ford. You know? yeah. Whereas Sam Neill is like, it's Sam Neill, but he's not like, oh my God, Sam Neill. Like, but and that, to get to the point of... <laughs> Don't tell Sam Neill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, I love Sam Neill. <laughs> just have his feelings. Hey, we just played Hunt for the Wilder People, you know, we, we love yeah. Sam Neill here, all right? The, uh, but that a person could get to a point in their career of going sigh I've done three Star Wars a couple Indiana Jones a Blade yeah. Runner I don't want to do any big cool movies anymore Dude, imagine if Christopher Lee had done that like <laughs> just he's he, he was killing it it was clear Christopher Lee would do anything pretty much yeah and for better or for worse including and, killing Nazis yeah and yeah, life. yeah and, and, there's, and being in a metal band I mean he started his own metal band that's <laughs> that's fun I guess I have yet to see Police Academy Eight? I don't know. The Mi- last one they Mission did? to Moscow is seven. And seven? I think there's one yeah. after that. Is there one? Like, no, no, seven's there the last one. Oh, God. I know Christopher Lee was the villain in oh, the last one. Is he? Yeah. He's in Mission to Moscow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should watch that. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> would never have, but... Uh, and, and you, and, and sort of on that topic... Uh, well, not that topic, but on the topic of sort of uh, cinema jail, they just... So uh, Scream Factory just announced they're putting out Night of the Creeps... And there's a Tom Atkins figure, in which which is awesome. But the takeaway from that is, I mean, someone had commented something like, "Oh, Fred Decker did Night of the Creeps, and then he did Monster Squad. Like, it's a shame." And then that, Robocop Three. Well, you're, yeah. you're you're killing my lead here, jeez. <laughs> but like, and, and they were sort of like, "Oh, it's too bad. Like, it's, he can't get another shot, or he should do something cool." And then I was like, "Well, yeah, but then he did Robocop Three, which isn't his fault. You know, there's studio meddling and stuff." But I actually had thought he directed a fourth movie, but that's it. He, no. That was his last movie until he wrote The Predator, yeah. which, and it's sort of ironic because The Predator and RoboCop 3 both had studio meddling, which, yeah. 
I mean, RoboCop 3 is hated, whereas yes. The Predator does have some Defender. I haven't I'm, seen I'm, it. I'm going to watch it. I haven't yeah. seen it. But it is, it, it's funny, because, yeah, like, those two movies, I mean, they're not, to us, they're classics. Like, yeah. I mean, Night of the Creeps and uh, Monster Squad, but they're not super well-known to some people. You know? It shows you how hard it is to get in and mm-hmm. how hard it is to stay in, because it's funny, too. I just listened to him on, I think, Mick Garris's podcast recently. Okay. And he did some TV stuff as well. Yeah, Tales from the Crypts. Yeah, and, and some Star Trek and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that surprised me. So he was really like a, a working gun person. Yeah. And he's also one of those people who... Because you look at these gaps in the resume and you're like, how did you pay the rent? That's what I always think. I'm like, and that was like 10 years there. <laughs> some of it was he wrote four screenplays and sold them. Yeah. So he got, you know, 100000 for each of those screenplays and then some residuals off of... You know, Monster Squad did well on VHS or yeah. something. And he's probably not living in a mansion. No, in the Hollywood and then Hills, you know. he would, you know, write a Star Trek episode or something. So, but exactly, so he, he's living. But you yeah. look at those gaps, and even you know, legendary people like Terrence Malick. Yeah. Where I was like, what did you do for fifteen years? Yeah, and, like, and some of his stuff isn't like blockbuster, no. like money wise. You know, so it's just like I'm sure he made money, but you're not getting ten mil or whatever. Yeah, like Badlands is, I think, one of the great movies. But I could be wrong, but if you look up the stats, I don't think it made money. Like, even yeah. if it made a little money, like, oh, it cost $2 million and made $5 million. Yeah, I'm but, sure uh, it didn't lose money, but yeah. But, yeah, I always think about that when you see these giant gaps in people's career. Or there's these legendary stories that are so bittersweet <laughs> where it's somebody, some writer who is a millionaire yeah. and living the high life in Hollywood in a mansion and fancy and everything like that and who has written 20 picked-up screenplays in 25 years. Yeah. That have all gotten, you know, oh, Spielberg's going to direct it, or, you know, Scorsese's going to direct yeah. it, whatever. And none of them have come through. That's wild. But yeah. he still got paid a lot of money. Or he'd get paid a bunch of money to ghostwrite something, but not get credit. Yeah. So it's this weird career where I'm rich and in demand, yeah. but nothing has worked. And then you have sort of a weird combination of that with, like, a Max Landis type, who yeah. kind of gets his start based on last name, sells a bunch of screenplays that don't actually get made, yeah. and then it's just sort of this weird... So you're like, you're comfortable, but you always kind of were comfortable, so that didn't really matter. But but I do find that funny, yeah, like, this this weird... Like, how many screenplays are bought in a year that oh, yeah. just disappear forever, you know? Like, it's so strange. Well, even... Then there'll be, like, studio stuff, like when Cabin in the Woods sat on a shelf, completed yeah. for quite a while. So good. And so that kind of stuff will happen. So, yeah, but... Or with Penny Marshall, who passed away recently, mm-hmm. and she hadn't done a movie in a while, and they said it was because she was essentially in movie jail, where yeah. they're so fickle, where it's like, wow, you've done three or four giant... Don't even care about good, but profitable. Yeah, huge. You know, that's all they care about. But then she did a couple was, of work. Did she do Exit to Eden? God, that, no, I think, I, think, so. I think that was her brother. Oh, yeah, no, her brother. Yeah, there was a couple of those. There was Marshalls. something there because I had read about that recently and I was like, I never did see that movie, but I remember that being a huge flop. Because Penny did Big and Awakenings and League of Their Own, all of which made money. Yeah. But then she did a couple. I think she did Jumpin' Jack Flash. Jumpin' Jack Flash. I think, but she did a couple that didn't do well. And then you look at her resume and she did some. TV stuff. Yeah. So that's how she was like making money. She was the babysitter bandit on Simpsons. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, she yeah. Had a voice for that. But it, yeah, it's tough. And when you see slightly more old timers like Joe Dante, yeah, who's doing a lot of TV now. But that's why, like, there's no love for old timers. No. And for every Taika Waititi and James Gunn and Edgar Wright 
and JJ who get in, yeah. that means one of these old guys isn't getting a job anymore. It's, so. Yeah, it's very interesting uh, just when there is success, you know, yeah. when they're able to get, because you're just sort of like, you just really don't know. And yeah. It's kind of like that with uh, with Godard, you know, where it's like he's, God, 70, 80, whatever, yeah. but he still has his following. And I feel like, same with Von Trier to a point. I mean, he does, yeah. he is successful and his movies are, but it's, it's interesting, you know, when you have that built in audience and you'll probably never fail because your budgets are always low and maybe you don't make a blockbuster, but you don't lose money. So, but it's also like, you're not going to be making Avengers or whatever, you know, you're not going to be, yeah. you are what you are at that point. So it is fascinating. Yeah. Cause like Joe Dante, the past few years, I've seen his name pop up on, at least one of the DC comic shows. I forget which one. That's cool. But I, he's got an anthology movie coming out produced by Mick Garris coming out sometime later this year. Oh, yeah. I think I was reading about and that. And so that's, I'm looking forward to that. I don't even know much about it, but I'm, I'm like, I'm in. You, yeah. You, you got me It's in. Mick Garris, Joe Dante, and it's a couple uh, other cool people. Is it, is it called like Nightmare Cinema or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And I, it's hopefully the start of a thing. I, like, it's, it was, I think it's out this month maybe even. God, maybe. It's in the next In the next month or two, yeah. I want to get that. Because I've been, I, I know nothing about it. I just, I love anthologies uh, and those guys, so. <laughs> and they're doing it lower budget. They screened it at Fantasia and did really well there. Mm. If they can keep that going, because like that was what Halloween was supposed to be. And talk about studio meddling, yeah, where well. John Carpenter's like, oh, I want this to be you know, Halloween 3, then Halloween 4 is going to be about werewolves, and Halloween yeah. 5 is going to be about Draculas, whatever. And they're like, oh, Halloween 3 didn't do well. Michael Myers is back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a shame, because it, it's... And now, what do you do, you know? I mean, I almost feel like, you know, that All Hallows' Eve series, I think, was maybe trying to do a similar thing to what he was doing, where it's just kind of set on Halloween, and they're yeah. just spooky stories. But at this point, it's just Halloween is what it is, you know? So yeah. that's never going to happen. But that was sort of funny, because I had originally read that there were two screenplays being written for Halloween sequels uh, after the, this newest one did well. Right. One being a sequel, and there still is no word in the other one, but the joke was that it should be a sequel equal to Season of the Witch. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, because like, and I don't know if you follow that storyline, because that lends itself to a sequel as well, The like the actual Halloween 3, if you did a sequel to that. But yeah, like you say, I mean, there's there's so much you could do. In well, there universe. was a while ago when it was Coppola, I think, got some deal, and instead of doing one $100 million movie, produced or executive produced 10, $10 million movies. Hmm. And I think one was Jeepers Creepers. Oh, yeah, yeah for and, sure. But there was a bunch like that. And I like that idea. I just posted, because um, we're going to start screening Vice on the week of the 15th. Mm-hmm. And the budget of that was $60 million. Wow. And I guess maybe a lot of the actors got paid in advance. Because a lot of times yeah. that, like, Tom Hanks won't get paid. He'll get paid later and make yeah, a yeah, bunch of money. Yeah, you know? back, back end and points and stuff. But maybe, you know, Christian Bale and Steve Carell yeah. and Amy Adams all get paid in advance. But that's a $60 million movie with, it's just a movie. Yeah. You know, you would think, wow, you could do... Ten six million dollar horror films, mm-hmm. and if a couple of them fly, if one of them is ends up being Get Out, yeah, there you go. You know, it's crazy, and I don't know if it, it because I think there's there's at least two, but maybe three Oscar winners in that cast. So I don't know. Oh, if yeah, adds to the price. And, and Adam McKay, it. I love that the director of Step Brothers is an Oscar and, winner. And Anchorman, like it's <laughs> yeah. just so weird. He did all these like silly movies, which I enjoy, but. Yeah. That shocks me, and and I always have to like remind myself when I see like directed by Adam McKay. I was like, that's that guy, that right? Guy, like yeah. he's the, <laughs> the Saturday silly, Night Live, yeah, the silly director. And now he and Will Ferrell have produced another Oscar-nominated film. Man, like, that's crazy. Will, Will Ferrell produced it. Yeah, he's got producer credit, which he should have had before. I think maybe finally he was like, 
Yeah, put my name on that too because yeah. they're partners, right? So. Should we just do that or no? Yeah, like, it's that's so weird. And uh, and speaking of SNL, we uh, recent last week for Bad Movie Night, my friend picked a double bill, a heads double bill of cone heads and airheads. Wow, both terrible. But <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, they were ninety three and ninety four, and there was so much cast bleed over that it was fun to watch. But the craziest thing was Michael McKean's in both. Oh, yeah. and, and it's so weird to watch young Michael McKean in these silly movies and then just be like. God, yeah. you're a legend. Like you're, and to think of like Better Call Saul since then, and like all the stuff he's done, obviously. But it's so weird to see like great actors in silly, weird, old stuff, and you're just like, Whoa, what? What is the story here? Like, were you at least having fun? Like, I remember that run of Saturday Night Live, either actual spinoff movies or just with a lot of the cast. Yeah, had everybody in them. Oh Because they would have. Poor old Farley was still around. He's uh, the best part of Conan. They'd have, you know, Tim Meadows, or they'd have Dana Carvey, or whoever. Oh, like, yeah, like everybody Spade, like, everybody you could think of was in those. And, and even Airheads, it's so weird to watch. Buscemi, yeah. Brendan Fraser, and Adam Sandler, and Michael McKean. Those are, like, the main <laughs> four guys. And you're just like, what a cast. But, I mean, that'd be the kind of thing you want to see a behind-the-scenes documentary of. Just, like, I hope you at least had fun. Like, And that they were so mad with power, they were like, Conehead's movie, Greenlight. Uh, that had like some effects in it and stuff right yeah. so it must have cost a couple bucks and, it, right? and it, what's funny is like near the end of the movie obviously they go to their home planet and you're just like oh yeah that makes sense because you finally have a budget and it's a movie but I was like almost surprised I was like oh they're going to show the planet I'm like, yeah. oh, I, guess, I guess that would be the only point of making the damn movie but it was just Aykroyd good lord like he must have been so full after all the scenery he chewed up <laughs> in that movie anytime people moan about remakes or sequels I'm like you remember Brady Bunch and Coneheads, right? Like, it, this isn't something that just started happening six months ago. No, a lot of people don't remember Coneheads. That's the beauty yeah. of it. Beverly Hillbillies, oh, man. Sergeant oh, Milko. Like, God. the mid-90s had a ton of... So great. And, of course, Wayne's World, you know? Like, Lever. Yeah. Oh, man. I was just thinking of that one the other day. Like, just Shooter McGavin's playing with yeah. Cleaver. <laughs> was that a feature film? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I blanked that out. <laughs> I never did watch it. Dennis the Menace, you know, yeah. which, which had a couple of direct-to-video sequels. Yeah. Uh, I just Richie found Rich. out... Richie Rich. Just keep I going. saw a DVD. Casper. <laughs> I saw a DVD and it said "Smoking the Bandit: The Seven Film Collection," and I was so confused. I had yeah, to they look did it a up. bunch of um, TV movies. Four yeah, TV sequels. movies. Midnight Run as well. And Midnight Run, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, I had no idea. I In fact, I think Shooter McGavin is yeah. really oh, no. Midnight Run. Oh my god! Which role is he playing though? <laughs> I love Shooter McGavin. And he's in a new Stallone movie. There's there's a straight to. Cable yeah. Stallone movie that's out there's, with there's... Matthew Modine and Shooter McGavin's in that one. <laughs> well, how'd they get him? <laughs> he shows up on an episode of Star Trek. I can't remember which incarnation. And he shows up and he's got like a captain uniform on and oh thing. And I just remember, poor guy, I remember yelling like, <laughs> Shooter McGavin! He's in a perfect storm and he's the guy who says, it's a perfect storm. Oh, and like, that's and how I remember. The, the motivational speaker in uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh my, oh. Oh my god, he is. Oh. Shooter McGavin. Jeez. Christopher McDonald is the actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought we could get further without saying but his real name, but I'm sure people come up to him in the street and you know, oh, shoot oh, him again. What, what a role, though. I mean, yeah. like it's it's hard to be upset about. Honestly, anyone in that movie, like they're just like Chubbs and like all those guys were just so perfectly cast. Even Ben Stiller, like that's one of his best roles. I think. Those first two Adam Sandler movies, controversial opinion, yeah. I think are really funny. It's great, and. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, Billy Madison is way more silly and "quote unquote" stupid and weird and meta and like very yeah. And, and whereas, like, I think Happy Gilmore is like one my parents can enjoy as well. Whereas, yeah. like, Billy Madison, that's not going to be for them. 
But I know that's another SNL one where like everyone's in it, yeah. all these random guys. It's, it's a funny run, you know. Like Lauren, uh, I don't know if Lauren Michaels already has an autobiography, of, but he's got some tales to tell. And they're sure. done now. Like when was the last Saturday Night Live movie? It's been forever. I guess. Well, like Hot Rod probably doesn't count because I don't think that was M- MacGruber. Sketch. MacGruber. That was yeah, part of that. That was the last one. And then they went, oh, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Although a lot of people, that's a cult classic. I mean, a lot of people love that movie it's been, pat it's pat got a movie yeah. somebody went yeah. Stuart saves his family come on yeah that the is, ladies man that actually oh, is man. <laughs> stupid funny there, i mean i just i, I saw that i saw that in theaters on opening day <laughs> yeah well i can't top that i owned the dvd like that's yeah i'm not i don't know where it is now i don't know it anymore but <laughs> no one does no but <laughs> that print it had like that definitely wasn't one of the worst ones but it wasn't it's not very good <laughs> it's so Oh god, now I have to rewatch it. Like, Andrew was right. This isn't a very good movie. <laughs> okay, let's quickly chat about February eighth through the fourteenth because I got a hard out because I gotta I'm going I gotta work tonight elsewhere. So Oh wow. But on uh, Nicolas Cage's birthday? What? This, That's right. I'm I wearing would've... my Mandy shirt at Nicolas Cage's birthday. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why, you, you have, have a Mandy shirt? I know, right? <laughs> I don't know that? why I felt I had to unzip the shirt to be like, guys, it's real, I'm wearing the shirt. Why didn't Twitter tell me that? That's crazy. I don't know. I actually didn't double check it. I just saw oh, one person on yeah. Fangoria said it, so I was like, Fangoria's not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So yeah, I gotta get no, I'm gonna do follow spots somewhere, so I gotta It's fun. So we have two movies back, two Oscar films back for a second week in a row, If Beale Street Could Talk, which I saw last week and is as good and depressing as everyone says it would be. Yeah. A friend of mine was like, oh, the more depressing, the better. Like, she watches that like we watch horror films. You yeah. Know? She just wants to cry. Through and the and I avoid those because I don't want to be in that yeah. headspace for two hours. Yeah. And Can You Ever Forgive Me, which has gone yes. away for a couple weeks and we got back because we did gangbusters with this movie for some reason. Yeah. Now that it has some Oscar nominations yeah. under its belt, it should... I finally saw it. I even yeah. actually saw it. It was great. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then two new Oscar films, Shoplifters from Japan, which is a film about a family of shoplifters. Nice. And it's up for Best Foreign Film, I think? Best Foreign Film, yeah, yes. Nice. And it won uh, the Palme d'Or. Yeah. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Jeez, we're getting... That's that's one Palme d'Or per, per week the last two weeks. We've had, a, yeah, a lot of... And then we have... So we have Border, which I've been tiptoeing around... <laughs> Because I don't want to know much about it. Lee has been raving. Yeah. And the first review I saw was whatever. It was like, I'm paraphrasing, but it said, this movie is excellent. Try to go in without knowing anything about this movie. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do for the next few days now. And you stopped reading the review. (laughs) Yeah. Ripped it up. I didn't even look that closely at the poster, partly because I was like, oh, Border, you know, it's probably a drama about the border, you know, and that's it. And then Lee was raving. And <laughs> about I, the wall. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was like, you know, build the border, whatever, you know. And so, and then, the, like, I looked at the poster, and it was like two people buried up to their necks in sand. And I was like, okay. And it is, it's only up for one nomination, an interesting one, though. It's up yeah. for best makeup hairstyling. I saw that. <laughs> but in other festivals, I don't know what, I should look up what this award signifies, but it can. It won the... A certain regard award. So I don't know what that, that sounds means. like a fake award, but yeah. I love it. I have a certain regard for this movie, you know? Yeah, uh, here's an award. It's kind of backhanded. Yeah, it kind of does. So that's continuing our Oscar run of films. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of Ghost Box Cowboy, which is, I think, mockumentary style. It's hard to. I saw the trailer here and I still don't know what it's about. I, yeah. I, I like the title. It sounds like a tech thriller of sorts. Hmm. A guy With who a goes to Japan, a Texan who goes to Japan. And yeah. He, yeah. Fish out tech, of water. Texan. Texan. Because you know, he's a Texan. Texan. No. As well. You see what I did. Boo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then for Valentine's Day, we have two options for you. We have 
The early show on Valentine's is Sense and Sensibility, the 1995 version from Ang Lee. And then director the, of the Hulk. Director of the Hulk, of course. <laughs> that's all I. I, I don't know what he, else he did. No, he didn't know like, other movies. And broke back now. Broke back now. <laughs> oh, it's fair, fair. And then the late show, which I'm dying because I realize I haven't seen this in a long time. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Incredible movie. My favorite Canadian, not Canadian film. I, I, I've never seen it on the big screen. Oh really? I, I, no, oh, wow. never. I when we screened it foolish. nine years ago, it was one of the great. Mayfair Nights. I watched it two nights in a row. Yeah. It was packed both nights. It it's, was super fun. It's so rapid fire. Like, it's yeah. just, it is nonstop. It, it's one of the funniest movies, too. Like, because it's just, it just, yeah, it never stops. And talk about a movie with everybody in it. Like, this movie's, a, you know, would have filmed about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And you see all these people who are in it and who now are superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> they're all superheroes, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Then we have our 114th consecutive month of The Room. Oh, boy. Leading into our 115th in early March with special guest, our friend Greg Sestero. Yeah, it almost feels like this one's a little dialed back, just based on the fact that it's like yeah. the one right before <laughs> the big things. So we're like, sure, you know, yeah. come, but, you know, come next time probably yeah. as well. I'll just mention briefly that we posted about it, I posted about it, that Tommy Wiseau's next film is this giant shark movie. Big shark. And then Lee quickly told me today that it's not true. <laughs> it's, I, I'm still, like, not going to believe him 100%. <laughs> I do believe him, but I don't want to believe him. So Because, like, even if it was a joke, like, people yeah. have embraced this idea of Tommy Wiseau making a movie called Big Shark with a big CGI shark. Yeah. You could do that for, what, like $3 million? And as far as I understand it, it was just Greg and Tommy outside of a screening or a convention or something. Clowning. And somebody shot it on their phone. And they said a couple lines, and then somebody poured some water on their feet, and then somebody put in a fake shark logo. It's, and I didn't know I wanted in my life till we saw that. And I was like, please, please make this movie. Like, you, yeah, this will do well. So not to break hearts, but yeah, that's not real. It broke our hearts. Yeah, like, you and I alone are already crushed. Andrew seems fine, <laughs> but then either way, Andrew but... has soldiered on. Yeah, he's okay with it. So let's wrap this up. We'll be back next week with more Oscar talk. Like I said, we got Vice starting next week. We might have another Oscar movie next week as well. A Star is Born is coming eventually. Eventually, yeah. We'll have that either before or soon after the Oscars. I kind of like the suspense, to yeah. be honest. Because I, I thought we get it each of the last four weeks. And each time I'm like, oh, oh There's a movie not. like that every year. Like, it, whether it's La La Land or Birdman, where people are like, when is it coming? When is it coming? Like, yeah. We promise it's coming. <laughs> they keep seeing the trailer. They're like, just yeah. show the damn movie. So go visit our friends at House of Target across the street. You can find us on the internet at mayfairtheater.ca, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll see you soon with more news of cool stuff coming to the Mayfair. And more news about Nicolas Cage. And NBA <laughs> deadline yeah, updates. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the NBA <laughs> trade deadline. My bad. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. 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 Huge Raptors trades, though. What's a Raptor? Oh. <laughs> the night of the formal is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. And get in through your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. Freak! They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, 
exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. Good news and bad news, girl. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead.